going to the road for a second. To avoid? To avoid some people. We're going to avoid some people. We're avoiding you. Don't take it personally. <laughs> oh, excellent. There we are. Lady with the guide dog. Lady with the guide dog, so well, if only she knew. I think there should be a sign among blind people that we can do some sort of... Go, go, go. Yeah, something like that. A sign, you wouldn't see it. Ah. 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 Oh, Ellie's started doing jokes now. My Didn't goodness. the other day, you cut them out. Ah, whatever. <laughs> I can't have that. It was, it was, that was straight from the Roy, uh, Roy Chubby Brown textbook, those jokes, I have to say. Oh. Happy looking dog. <laughs> Clever, lovely head turn from me there, avoiding contact. I find that another good way of helping people avoid me is to commentate upon the fact that I am avoiding them and what I am doing in order to avoid them, and that tends to intimidate them into avoiding me. A couple of days ago, while I was sitting naked in a bath, getting my hair cut from my fiance, Ellie, who is currently next to me. We were talking about the fact that we've been watching some television from the BBC archives from the 1954. We've also been listening to some old radio, the Paul Temple Mysteries. Now, for those people who don't know, Paul Temple is a detective. But there's essentially, it's quite a quaint programme. There are always every single series there's about eight episodes in a series and every single series every single mystery has the same exact same hallmarks so it's a bbc radio production paul temple is a very prim and proper posh detective he's got his wife steve so there's always the same hallmarks so you can play a little bit of a drinking game with this so if you want to listen the current one that we're listening to is called a case for paul temple so i think it's one of the first ones it's from 1946 i believe so the game that you play this is where you would take a drink so you take a drink firstly every time paul interrupts his wife steve so she'll be in the middle of saying something and he will uh, just, interrupt. just interrupt. So that, like, for instance, <laughs> like I just did there. Yeah. Take a drink every time when she says something, he kind of laughs in a kind of way, a kind of way that suggests women, eh? So you know, like, she'll say something like, is it dangerous out there, Paul? And Paul will go, mm-hmm. Yes. Ah, women fretting over trivial matters like getting shot. You have a drink whenever someone says something and then someone, not that wasn't, that's not the end of it. Otherwise you would drink it Every time someone says something. Basically, I'm just an alcoholic. I'm just trying to, I've got to get through this somehow. Have a drink anytime someone speaks. Whenever there's any incidental music, have a shot then. Anytime a sound effect's played, full pint of beer, down it in one. You can have a drink every single time that someone says something and then another person, in particular Paul, will repeat the exact same thing that someone says. This often happens with someone's name. So it'll go, um, Sir Gilbert Dryden. Sir Gilbert Dryden? Sir Gilbert Dryden. Everything will be repeated, but you have a whole shot, you have to down a shot, whenever Paul says, by Timothy, which he says quite a lot. In fact, I believe the very first words he says in this latest production is by Timothy. Not just once, but twice. Two shots in one, five seconds into the episode, and you're already two shots in. It's such a quaint, old phrase. I don't think I've really heard anyone say outside of Paul Temple. Did you come across it pre-Paul Temple? According to Wikipedia, the guy who originally played Paul Temple 
didn't like by Timothy. He thought it was outdated in the 50s. Yeah, yes, that's right. I've, uh, I've heard him say that in interviews. Also one of the people who played Paul Temple, because there was a number of characters over the years that played Paul Temple. I remember in an interview saying that lots of people used to uh, write in fan letters, especially men, uh, to Steve. Uh, propositioning her, um, saying that they would like to elope or just sending her things, uh, sending her photos and correspondences because they were under the impression that she was quite an attractive lady because that's how she was made out to, to appear on the radio but in fact in real life she was actually quite a dumpy woman. <laughs> a lovely way to describe the actress that you've worked with for years just sort of in an offhand way. But he'll say by Timothy, especially, it seems out of place, whenever there's looming danger, or whenever something really dramatic has just occurred. My particular favorite to- Bramble, hang in front of your face. Bramble, stop, stop doing that. So you should keep your distance two meters away. Bramble's hanging near my face there. Stop it. Sorry, David. He's fans, Ellie. Yeah. My particular favorite comes from another series of Paul, the Paul Temple Mysteries. It's when he suddenly sees someone with a gun. Someone's coming after him with a gun. And Paul sees this. And he responds in any, in the way that anyone would naturally respond in this situation, with a by Timothy. You know, he's just seen someone brandishing a gun. He's there, he's gonna get shot, he's gonna get killed. And he says, by Timothy, he's got a gun. Then his assailant says, you're going to get it this time, Mr. Temple. Which I think is really nice that, you know, he's gonna shoot him, he's gonna kill him, but he's, he's still being formal. And he's calling him Mr. Temple, because these were different times. You know, these were the 40s. People were gentlemanly about killing. So the whole thing so far has gone, by Timothy, he's got a gun. You're going to get it this time, Mr. Temple. And then Paul says, oh no, you don't, my friend. And then <laughs> wrestles him to the ground and grabs the gun off him. <laughs> I love the fact that he's used the expression, someone's got a gun, he's gonna kill him. He's used the expression, by Timothy, in response. The, the person who's shooting him has called him Mr. Temple in a very formal, gentlemanly manner. And then Paul has described him as my friend as he wrestles the gun off him in that very calm way. So I, I would recommend listening to that. It is wonderful. I might end this Eagle the Stranded episode by playing a few clips. He's very clever. Like he'll come out with stuff that you think, how the heck did he know that? He'll just come out with, a, with his sort of big statement and it'll really take his assailant off guard. You know, he'll just, he'll just have all these ideas, all these ideas that you just go, where the hell's he got that from? And he's meant to be this really intelligent detective that everyone comes to, to solve these crimes. He's not even a detective, he's, he's a, a novelist. But he's an amateur detective that everyone comes to because of his unconventional methods. <laughs> And his unconventional methods seem to be telling everyone that he talks to exactly everything that he knows. That's another weird thing, yeah. He, t he, so he says, well, I met with uh, Captain O'Hara last night. Sorry, I, I, yes, I met with him last night and he told me. And then, is it just a coincidence that the next thing, five minutes later in the play, Paul's in some dilapidated house, which is meant to be the captain's house or something. And then he goes, did you hear that? Oh, 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 and there's a groan, and who is it? It's pretty Captain O'Hara with a bullet in his head because presumably because Paul has just told him, told everyone that he's met him yeah. and what exactly what he said. Yeah. So Paul's like responsible for the countless for deaths lot. of all these people, and he takes it so calmly because they have to announce everything for the radio as well. They go too far over the top, so you'll hear the sound of a gunshot, and then all of a sudden you'll hear Steve says, "Like." Paul, he's shot him. You know, I think we've we we've probably established that. So he's meant to be this really intelligent detective. 
but there's been a few times in this current series and we're only up to episode three in every episode someone rings him up and leaves this cryptic message don't go in your bedroom and turn on the light don't turn on the light i'm sorry don't turn on the light mr temple i'm sorry what who is this i'm speaking and then the phone will go down the phone will go dead and it'll make this old-fashioned kind of sound and paul who's maybe this really intelligent person he just rattles the phone and bangs the phone and goes hello 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 and meanwhile the phone's going and then he goes they've hung up <laughs> it takes him ages to realize i don't quite understand it and it's happened three times now so in paul's world this is like the third time in three days that this has happened and it takes him 10 seconds to realize that banging the phone and shouting hello isn't going to solve the problem they've clearly hung up the other thing with uh, the light episode that i mentioned with the woman on the phone yes. what's the first thing that paul temple does when he's told not to go into the room and turn the light on he goes in the night room turns the light on so steve is like oh paul don't do 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 oh it'll be all right steve i'm um, going to use this rubber from my pocket he's got this rubber in his pocket goodness knows how long this rubber but he's got this long rubber presumably what type of rubber yeah <laughs> well, this is the 40s but you never know <laughs> he get, kind of gets the rubber and he flicks the switch with the rubber which sets off a loud bang which of course leaves him to exclaim by timothy the light was hooked up to a revolver which then shot but because he wasn't stood there he was a meter away or whatever he didn't get shot so basically the thing goes off he says bye timothy he says it's a good job i was a meter away and then he says anyway good night steve and then he get into bed as if it's absolutely fine was like, oh well that was meant as a warning that was meant as a warning not bloody it was as a bullet came out of a gun yeah, i wouldn't have thought a revolver <laughs> or a pistol was a warning p.s is it true what they say about rita is it true what they say about Rita? Rita? Her name was Cartwright. Cartwright? Yes. Rita Cartwright. I read your last novel. The detective was a bigger fool than ever. By Timothy, he had to be, Sir Graham. He was practically the chief commissioner. Darling, please. <laughs> Rita Cartwright's dead. Dead? By Timothy. Do you know a small public house near the Elephant Castle called the Golden Cage? The Golden Cage? Yeah, I can't say I do. Why do you ask? Because I'm going there tonight, Sir Graham, and by Timothy, I'm rather looking forward to it. I'm meeting Sammy Wren. I'm meeting Sammy Wren.